Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's me. It's me. It's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James. And by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws. And you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, he's got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer, the Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star, Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality, Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum, The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter too, at VOC Nation. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Pop Culture Stars, the most exciting hour and a half on internet radio. This is Dr. John Stamey. I am live from the sun and fun capital of the world, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So glad to be here with everybody. And we've got a full house tonight between co-hosts, panelists, everything. So I'm going to start out by introducing everyone, first of all. The crabbiest man in the world, and we love, we can't get, we can't do the show without him, Dave Atwell. How are you doing tonight, Dave? Hey, I'm doing excellent. I'm currently lighting up my delicious cigar from Godfather's and about to open up a can of my favorite malt beverage with a blue ribbon on it. Uh, Sad day today with the passing of uh, NFL great Gale Sayers and wrestling great Animal. Yeah, I had the pleasure of meeting Animal more than once, and uh, most recently this time last year, and uh, came as a shock today when I heard the news, because he he still was in good shape when I met him back last July, so uh, yeah, tough day for the the sports fans, and uh, you know, two more greats leaving us, 2020 has been kind of tough, but otherwise we... Have a good evening out here. Looking forward to tonight's show. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll tell you what. These greats who have passed away, they now have the privilege of knowing how much we love them and how much they meant to us. And so they probably would not have known it unless they passed away and got this greater knowledge. So that's, I think, in a, in a way, it's, it's, it's a positive thing for them. So anyway, thanks, Dave. Glad to have you here. We really are. And now, our eye in the sky from Indianapolis, who's actually in Jacksonville, North Carolina. Todd, how are you doing tonight, Todd? I am outstanding to supernatural and 
ecstatic to be here, peoples. It is a uh, cooler evening than we've uh, been used to over the last several months. And uh, it's not too bad because I think it caught the mosquitoes a little shorthanded. They didn't get their winter coat yet to come after us, so uh, we got that going for us. All righty. Well, we're glad to have you here. And our newest of co-hosts, Todd Armstrong, you are truly the eye in the sky in Indianapolis. How are you doing tonight, Todd? I'm Tim. doing wonderful. Yet it's Tim, but that's all right. You were just uh, testing me on my. Oh my God! I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just talking. So t- uh, yes, Tim. I know your name is Tim. We talk enough. I know right. your name is Tim. All right. So so now, Tim, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful. Humbled to be here. Uh, always glad to be here. And once again, I'm still out on the porch. Uh, again, like Todd said, a little bit chillier here, but I put on a sweatshirt, so I have adapted. I have got my vodka and diet coke, so I'm ready to roll and. Uh, Looking forward to a good show tonight. Well, that's good. We, of course, have the the new First Lady, and that is now her title, the First Lady of Pop Culture Stars, Granny Hulkster from, is it Springdale, Arkansas? Did I get that right, Granny? Yes, you, yes, you did, Dr. John, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. I really appreciate it, and I'm always glad to be here on Pop Culture Stars. Always glad well, we to are, we are, my time. We we are glad to have you here. You're just I'll tell you what, everybody, when I hear Granny Hulkster's voice, I just smile. She makes me smile, and that's a great thing because if someone makes you smile, it means they're bringing the right vibe around. So, Granny, thanks for being here. We love we love having you here. And tonight, well, you're very welcome. From, uh, and tonight, newly from uh, Idaho. One of our very close friends, Malcolm Wildman. Malcolm, how are you doing tonight? I'm really sad. Um, I, I met Walter Payton at a sports show a long time ago. And we were talking about Gail Sayers. And I met Billy D. Williams who played Gail Sayers in Brian's song with uh, James Kahn. And I'm really shook up that Gail Sayers is gone. He's one of the Best running backs in NFL history. Walter Payton said he was his role model uh, growing up, him and Jim Brown. Um, And uh, he got the toughness from Jim Brown and and, uh, and the speed and swiftness from Gail Sayers is what Walter Payton told me. And then Roadware Animal, Dr. John, there's a match at Starcade 88 that I just love. It's the Road Warriors. They were the bad guys with the NWA tag team champions and they were taking on Sting and the American Dream uh, Papa Stroh, Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> and there's a there's a part where Sting's on top of the turnbuckle and Road Warrior Animal's outside and he does a flying body press on the animal. He sits there and he goes, ow, like that, like he yells. And he goes, get your ass back in the ring. <laughs> I just Sting, I just love that. So if Animal can hear me up there, Animal, that tribute was for you. Honest to God, it was. I, I met every time I met Animal, Doctor John, at an event, and I did Hogan. He'd go, "Hey, shut up!" Like that. <laughs> he still like that. He used to joke with me all the time. Well, that that's no. great. You know, he 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 was truly, truly an icon in the business, and we. 
We are sad that he's gone, but we're happy that he now knows how much people loved him because he had so many fans. So Malcolm, it's all we're always glad to have you here. Now, this afternoon, Todd called me up, and Todd said, Dr. John, I don't know what you got planned for tonight, but I want to talk about a particular topic that means a lot to me. So I'm going to turn it over to Todd to get this shindig started. Todd, are you ready? Thank you. And, and this time when he said Todd, he meant me, not you, Tim, just so you know. The, um... I got, yeah, I got the right name. Now give, give me credit. I got the right name. It's Todd. Tim, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> the, um, yeah, before we get into that, though, um, I would like to do a shout-out. It was this day, 28 years ago. Um, our firstborn came into the world. So I would Garian? like to tell my son, Garion, indeed, tell my son, Garion, happy birthday, man. Sorry, stop, stop. Happy birthday. Garion Sexton is one of the finest young men I have ever met. And it is a real it privilege is. to call him a friend. So now, Todd, you can you can after after that vote of confidence for your son, you can now say what you'd like to say. How's that? <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, it's something else, man. It's been uh, it's been a whirlwind twenty eight years with that. But um, I thought tonight we could uh, kind of change things a little bit. Um, I know we're pop culture stars, but um, kind of struck me a little bit. About um, these people that are stars, admired, liked, um, uh, public figures and stuff like that. Um, and not, you know, I mean, so, sometimes we find out things about people we admire and we're like, well, crap, that didn't, you know, what the heck, you know, and you've got to reconfigure our, our thinking and stuff. And uh, believe me, not without my flaws and stuff. But what I try to remember um, are some simple things. So I thought kind of PSA-ish, we talk about some of the fundamentals of leadership. Um, because, you know, you see all these people, and they, they tend to be all over the place with things. Um, and I've always been a big fan of the sim- simple of, exa- of leading by example and taking responsibility for your, you know, for what you do and for your own actions. And of course, we've all had a ton of those example things out there and sometimes different official training. Um, Malcolm, I know the Army gave you a ton of training on leadership, you for think. example, right? <laughs> they are. And we, we had those things were part of our essential subject tests. And um, it's kind of crazy, you know. All those little things you're taught and the parents try to drive into you and all that. And I just thought we kind of talk about leadership in general. Um, and one of the things I thought I'd lead with is sometimes you learn a lot about leadership from bad examples. We've had okay. those bosses that really could be better at their craft, could be better at leadership. So sometimes they teach us what not to do, Um, you know, so you don't necessarily follow 
the bad example. You just become the antithesis of the bad example, uh, if that's the case. Um, I did, Lord knows, Dave and I, we worked with um, – he was one of the seven, if you will. <laughs> um, and we know he wasn't happy. Um, no, he wasn't happy. Well, which one he, was he uh, I learned a lot of what not to do from that dude. He was just another one that reinforced us. And, it, you know, uh, i got to believe he thought he was doing his best, that kind of thing. Um, but we kind of use that for an example, um, you know, and I know Tim teaches leadership. He's uh, uh, He's got a club scout pack. Uh, that, that is, is true. His, that is sons in and you know so he's out there teaching it day in day out um granny you're teaching fans how to do things all kinds of other little things you know you're out there leading them you're out there you're getting inside on other things um and you're working with people and they actually ask you stuff you know well, you have some they, of those real they, they, they do they yeah they do and I actually was at a wrestling show over the weekend in Oklahoma for the Ryder Herring Memorial Cup. Uh, this is a two-day event that we've been, well, we've been doing it for several years, but for the last three years we've had to turn it into a two-day event because it's gotten so huge. But, um, yeah, Granny loves to, you know, holler at the bad guys, and I have new people come to the shows, and I'll, they say, well, we don't know who to cheer for or who to boo I said just watch me I will show you <laughs> just lead by my example very good and my, son, my 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 son tells me my son tells me that the little kids that I teach them bad examples and I don't teach them bad examples guys I mean I granny would never do that I love my kids I love my WFC kids you know the wrestlers call me granny their spouses call me granny their kids call me granny. The fans all call me granny, you know. So, you know, a granny, lot of the wrestlers, we, a lot of the wrestlers granny, don't on. even know my real name. Hold on. We call you granny because we love you. How's that? Well, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but a lot of the wrestlers don't even know what my real name is. <laughs> they only know me as granny, so, you know, which is Okay. <laughs> But you know what? You know some some Knicks we're we're supposed to go by. The uh, there there is no doubt about it. The um, and Dr. John he knows he's attended events, he's hosted events, he's had um, people that have both as a customer and uh, staff members as uh, the guests, if you will, featured guests. And he's learned a lot of leadership just trying to deal with some of the different personalities. Tell, tell me I'm wrong, Dr. John. No, you're 100% correct. Um, I've learned in a little bit, the little bit of leadership that I think I know is that you've got to get people on your side, you like it or not. And you know, Todd, when you're out there meeting the public, and you find out someone doesn't like you, well, you've got to change that situation immediately. You've got to get them to like you and to respect you. And you may have to say some things that 
aren't exactly what you intended to say, but but you've you've got to you've got you've got to make sure that they they understand that you've got some knowledge, you've got some experience, and you're where you are for a reason. And so if you can do that, that's that's kind of how leadership works out in the public eye. And I'm glad you said that because you attended Horror Hound with me last year, and we've got to find mm-hmm. us a another another event to attend this year as soon as you get back up to Indianapolis because I've got to have some of that damn great barbecue. But for goodness sake, you know, you've really got to get people on your side. My father, I love my father to death. I love him more today than when he was alive because he used to tell me these things. And I used to think, oh, daddy, come on. That's dumb. That's wrong. No, my father. Dad, John, John Stamey Sr., you were 100% right. Get people on your side. That's all that matters. If they're on your side, then that makes you a leader. And so thanks, Dad. You taught me a lot, and I try to, I try to do what you, what you said. Is that good enough, Todd? Uh, uh, solid good, sir. The, um, and my point by doing that quick roundtable, if you will, was pointing out that across this panel, we're going to bring a bunch of different perspectives on leadership. And that's um, a lot of it's based on our experiences, our training, what we've been through, and stuff like that. And um, John actually brought us up to one of the – Dr. John did uh, one of the first ones here. The um, One of our leadership traits – that is taught, um, and I'm going to fall back heavily on the Marine Corps as well as life experiences, but the Marine Corps, one of the leadership traits are tact, is tact. Now, tact, if you will, should never be confused with apple polishing. There is indeed a difference. Um, some people are gifted with tact. There are, you know, you can... There are people that are so extremely tactful, they'll tell somebody to go to hell in a handbasket, and somebody's asking, where do I get the ticket? Those people are amazing, right? Look, we've met some of those people, right? It's good, John. They, they are. There, there's people out there. And that's definitely not to be confused with apple polishing. And uh, so so there's a difference between those. Um but yeah, I mean, some people are amazing with tact. Um, they're uh, you, you hear the people that are out there, and they can do that ye old verbal tap dance. And uh, next thing you know, you want to, you know, you're hoping you can go up there and do your little bit of Fred Astaire with them because they're just so good at it. Um, that that's the way that is. And I thought I, um, if it's all right with y'all, I'd kind of use a guided discussion thing. We'll kind of do, uh, let, we'll let the round tables come in, you know, let the folks uh, bring in some of their experiences, and but they'll try to walk us through, try to keep us on point. We good with that? Yes, sir. You, sir. Three cheers from Dr. John. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> Marine Corps Fundamentals of Leadership. We have leadership traits and leadership principles. Um, and the traits come down to J.J. did tie buckle. So one of those wonderful 
acronyms that are out there. Um, and it talks about uh, judgment, justice, dedication, initiative, dependability. You heard this one, T for tact. Um, damn it, uh, integrity. Huge. Huge. Enthusiasm. Bearing. Let me tell you, bearing is not to be underrated. Um, what is bearing? Tell, you when, uh, tell us about that, Todd. <laughs> you ever get, you know, you, you sometimes about hiding those emotions when you need to, um, and or those reactions, because you might be in a position where the reaction is just a matter of, oh, shit, this is kind of embarrassing. Um, I was I was in my room in the barracks many a moon ago, getting ready to go <laughs> report into the NCO school, and I was, I finished pressing my uh, shirt, had gotten those on. Um, Malcolm, did you guys use the shirt stays? Uh you mean press our shirts? No, yeah, no, no. The shirt the stays time. after you pressed them and all that. But you would, um, you had these things that would clip on to the, to the bottom of your shirt, and then you would take them and they'd wrap around the legs and you click them to the top of the sock, and they would keep your shirt ultra snug. Or not bootlaces. Those were, um, they were green and they were kind of twisty, and I put them at the bottom. Cup my my legs around my yeah. Boot you might have had a different color. You know, we generally bought these yeah. simple black ones and all that. But yeah, so but you guys were there. Marines. Marines were tougher than Army, so I have more respect <laughs> for you. Not were we still are, brother. Not that I'm an <laughs> e- have an ego about it. Yeah. <laughs> it, I sure but you. We all love, but we all love. But Todd, Todd, I'm going to say this, but we all love each other. The Marines, the Coast Guard, we we love everybody, along with everybody on this show, including Granny Hulkster and including Dave Atwell and including uh, Tim and you and me and everybody. We love everybody. I had had to get that one in. Sorry. I think I would have been disappointed if I didn't slide that in. uh, I just had to get that one in. Just to be clear, yeah. Um, for those that don't get it, um, the service stuff, a lot of it's very good-natured uh, ribbing. We're allowed to talk smack to each other. Um, non-service members come up, and we'll all team together. It's basically like siblings. Todd, they were boot That's what they call boot Yeah. So I want to go back to <laughs> Let me go back to shirt stays. So I'm sitting there doing that, and I'm down to pressing the trousers, getting ready to go. Who do I have come in? The battalion commander decided to stop down to the company area, so the battalion commander and the company commander are walking through the barracks. They come in, they open the room, and I got to keep my bearing while I'm standing there in my drawers and part of my uniform. Now that is having to keep your bearing because it's like, you know, because you, you, you really can't do that. Really? 
Give me a couple minutes, please. It don't work like that in that world. <laughs> so you sit there, you go to the position of attention, and um, you, you, you kind of do the reverse of the um, what they tell the actors to do. Just imagine the audience naked and stuff. Be like, all right, they're in their first two. Just stand here like it's perfectly normal. Go to the position of attention. Yeah. And uh, another company commander later he caught me to the side. He was like, that was a darn fine exhibition of bearing. And he was <laughs> chuckling at me. Thanks, sir. So that's bearing. Does that answer your question, Dr. John? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Did someone call me? question about bearing. Todd, if That's I come right. into a meeting, when we get back to the building and I come into a meeting and all I'm wearing is my underwear and a T-shirt, does that mean I've got good <laughs> leadership skills? Well, sometimes. Uh, That's okay. You know, I, I'll give you the reminder. I was in my barracks room, not in a meeting. <laughs> I just want to one-up you. That's oh, well, you know, the um, – Look, you want up me every time you come in with some of those sweaters you have the gumption to wear. <laughs> there you go. Now, that's a whole different story. We'll let Tim tell that later. <laughs> now, that is something, I just used the word, the gumption, that is not among the leadership traits um, that I really think it should be. Because um, sometimes, you know, you just you got to have a little gumption with different things. See, um, it it can be interchangeable with courage in some cases to speak up or to address an issue, or um, and that's where tact comes in. You know, you're you're addressing an issue with leadership, and you got to tell them, no, you don't know what the hell's you're talking about. You're dead wrong, <laughs> and uh, you got to find a way to do it without saying that. Poor, you know, we don't always have bosses who can say that with. Um, sometimes you have a good boss and you're like, boss, I don't think you're right on this one. And, uh, you know, you've got some that are going to go high and right on you. Then you've got other ones that'll be like, okay, tell me why. Back to learning from your bosses. The, um, and part of the leadership and forcefulness also is knowing your audience. Um, if you're giving a class in front of people, um, if I have a bunch of military service members, except Air Force, and I do mean this, I'm not, this is not a joke. If I've got the Army, if I've got the Marine Corps, and I'll do it with the Navy. Um, and if I'm emphasizing the point using those hand arm movements, I can use the knife edge hand with them, with the Air Force. I can't. I've got to use an open hand. It's knowing your audience. The um, That's just, you know, let's face it, their Air Force operates differently for a reason, just to be clear. Um, so that stuff don't necessarily work with them. But that's some of the leadership stuff. The um, You know, you can't always... <laughs> If if you have to correct someone, you can't always do it R. Lee Yermy style, you know. 
who's the Twinkle Toes communist, and so on. Uh, because most of those words that follow that I can't use on air or shouldn't use. The, um, Correct. Any other one? Uh, you know, then another place. All right, who just ran their mouth or somebody got something to say? You know, you just got to find alternative ways of saying it. And um, you, and usually with both those, somebody already knows you're not brooking any nonsense. The um, tone of voice has to do with leadership as well, that kind of things. Um, but, man, you guys chuckling. I'm all serious over here, but I am trying to be entertaining. There's um, there's stuff out there. No, um, I'm not trying to interrupt you. It's just I've went through a lot of this stuff, and I had this, I had this squad leader, Sergeant Nanny when we were in Schweiper, Germany, and we went to Macedonia, and he sounded like Droopy Doggy got no respect from anybody. <laughs> That's stinking great. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, you know, I don't remember. And you did say Droopy Dog, right, Malcolm? <laughs> I thought he sounded just like this. Uh, man, will you line up the formation, please? <laughs> Dude, Droopy Dog was awesome as an oh, by the way. <laughs> I love Droopy Dog, but I didn't like Sergeant Denny. <laughs> you know what, folks? I'm excited. <laughs> I'm glad you're excited, um, Todd. I really, I really am. And here's what I'd like to do. This is Dr. John, and I want to break in, and I want to do a little segment here with everybody. I want every, everybody to tell us, and I'm going to call on you one by one, I want you to tell us where you think you were successful in leadership in working with a group of people. Now, Todd, that, that, that's, a very, that's a very viable question, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. But I'm going to tell you one thing before you do that. We are okay. at 20-plus minutes into the show, so it's time for a station break. <laughs> oh, my goodness, the old station break. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Brady Hicks. Thank you, VOC Nation, for having us, and we really appreciate you. And Todd, and Todd, we certainly appreciate you for letting me know because I get too involved in the discussion. But thanks, VOC Nation, for having us on. Friday night, uh, that is at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, and we really appreciate you. So there we go. Now, any back to what's important to me right now is I'm going to ask everybody, everyone here, what have you done in a positive manner that has made a difference when you led people to do the right thing? And the first person that I'm going to ask is the man with the cigar, Dave Atwell. Tell us an example of what you have done that led people to the right thing. Dave. The biggest part of leadership is just, uh, I I remember, I think it was right around 2011, we were lighting the world on fire over there at work, and uh, they flew me to Kansas City, and up in front of like 5,000 upper management people in the company. I got pulled up on stage and uh, handed handed me one of the many awards that we were given 
that uh, that day, and I had the president of the company uh, say to me, he says, well, tell us what you're doing so maybe we can have the same success in our other buildings. And I shrugged, and I says, I couldn't tell you. My help's the one to do all the work. And everybody started laughing. I says, all I do is try to take care of them. And when I said that, the whole room was silent. And he says, uh, he says, did you guys hear that? And before you know it, I start getting this big round of applause and everything. And the uh, president of the company says, well, I want everybody to write down what Dave said. And I looked at the president, and right there in front of 5,000 head of damn chiefs, I says, shouldn't really have to be told that if we know what we're doing. <laughs> there we and, go. And everybody, you know, and everybody just kind of stopped, and I got another round of applause, but it's the truth. You've got to, you've got to take care of your help. And when you say take care of your help, that doesn't mean approve every one of their days off or give them unmer- you know, un- unmerited raises or anything like that. It's being there when they need when they need you, having the hard conversations with with, with them uh, when they need it, uh, doing the things that hurt your heart but have to be done for the sake of uh, survival of the herd. So, you know, it's not about going in there and pounding on your chest and saying, hey, I'm in charge or you have to do what I say or I'm a higher form of intelligence than everybody else is under me. What you have to do is – and the funny thing is is that you find that when you develop these skills that the good help will want to work on your watch and then your job becomes so much easier. And – you know, so a lot of people out there, and I'm sure Todd knows a few of them that are scared to uh, share the knowledge with uh, subordinates or anything, and you know, for fear that hey, the one guy, this you know, one day this guy might take my job. Well, if if you're kicking the the amount of ass you should be as a leader, you shouldn't have to worry about that because your star will shine a whole hell of a lot more when there's other people out there doing the same thing you're doing. And they all came out from under your camp. So uh, take care of your help. uh, And the help takes care of you. And the ones who aren't willing to take care of you for the sake of the health of the herd have to be dealt with. Don't wait. uh, Well, and that's going to take one of the leadership principles. Uh, Actually, it, it ties into a second one. The first one is know know your personnel and look out for their welfare. And uh, like Dave said, it don't mean necessarily all the time off in the world and all this other kind of stuff, but it's also know your personnel and employ them. Uh, Make sure they can meet the mission. That don't mean challenge their ability, not challenge your abilities, but uh, don't. Don't ask them to walk across a, a thing of water that's three feet deeper than the top of their head and tell them they're not allowed to swim. They can only walk. <laughs> Just saying. Okay, Todd, and that's that's actually a very good point. 
and I'm glad you made that. It really is. Now, the next person I want to ask about a good leadership experience and how it worked out is none other than the queen, the new queen of pop culture stars, Granny Hulkster. Because Granny seems to know how to get people on board, make them excited, and make them do the or encourage them to do the right thing. So, Granny Hulkster, what do you have to say for us? Well, actually, <clears throat> what I'm going to talk about now does not have anything to do with wrestling. Okay. This okay. has to do with my own personal <laughs> personal life. Um, I am a member of the Women of the Moose. It's a fraternal organization. I've been a member of this organization since 2006, so it'll be 15 years next April that I've been a member. And oh, I, I was. A question? Yeah. Is is that um, part of the Moose Club? We see the lodges here organization. Yeah, yeah. You see, you hear about moose lodges, and yeah, yeah I, okay. I'm, a, I'm okay. Anyways, um, I was uh, at the time I was um, held the office of chaplain, which they don't have those anymore for the women of the moose. And we didn't have a junior regent, and we didn't have a senior regent. Now, senior regent is like president that presides over the women's meetings. So I had to pro tem for three months as senior regent while I was holding the office chaplain, which meant I had to do the meetings, I had to do the board of officers meetings, things like that. So when it came time to take the office of junior regent, they said, well, why don't you just be senior regent? You know what to do. You've already done it. So basically, I was senior regent in 2008-2009. We got the award of achievement that year, so I was able to get my green cap degree, and I was able to get my cap and gown out in Anaheim. Well, Last August, I mean, last year in June, I actually was able to get my star recorder degree, and I also have my Academy of Friendship, which I have all of my degrees. So I got a, I got my call card letter in September of 2018 to, you know, about getting my star recorder degree. Well, then I got an envelope in December of 2018, and I thought, oh, my, is this the envelope that I think it might be? Because every year, Moose International selects a woman from the different states throughout the United States to be what they call uh, to appoint, give them the appointment of Deputy Grand Regent, which I got that letter. I read it. I put it down because I couldn't believe it. I picked it up an hour later. I read it again, and then I started crying. Well, my husband came home. I said, I need you to read something. So he read it. I said, now, if you don't want me to accept this, I'll call them. I'll tell them that I can't do it. He says, no, you like doing things like that. I want you to take it. I said, okay, but you cannot tell anybody that I have been selected for this until I get back from Las Vegas, until they announce it in an international. It's so, and I don't know why it's so hush-hush, 
but you cannot tell anybody except your spouse that you have been selected for this title. So when I went to Vegas, I had to do a two-day training class uh, to learn what I needed to do to preside over the women's meetings at our state-level conventions. So uh, February of this year was my first conference, and we were not a joint association at the time. So I had to do three different sessions with uh, our official visitor, and I had to, her and her husband, they drove down to Little Rock. I met them at the hotel. I basically was her go-to person all weekend long, you know, plus presiding over the meetings. Well, everybody said that I did an absolute amazing job, and I had one lady come up and ask me, she says, were you nervous? And I said, no, not really, because I'd been reading, I'd been preparing, because that's the way I do things. I mean, I started reading my books while I was out in Vegas. I was reading my books coming home on the airplane. I was reading my books until I could read no more, and then I would pick it up and I would read it again. So I was very, had a lot of positive feedback from everybody. Well, moving forward to August, you know, we didn't even know we we were going to even get to have our conference because of the COVID-19. Well, we became a joint association, which meant that the women only had one meeting. The rest of the meetings were with the men. So things were a lot different for me you know, for the August conference than it was in February. I only had to preside over one meeting and work with my official visitor again. Um, And once again, everybody said that I did an absolute amazing job, that I did a great job. And, you know, when you have people that can work together as a team, it makes it a lot easier. Now, I am also a state committee chairman for the state of Arkansas. I am what they call the Moose Haven admissions representative for the state of Arkansas, which means we have a a senior facility in Florida where we have people that are Moose members. Like when you've been a Moose member for 15 consecutive years, you retire, you can go move to Moose Haven and live there. They pay for your room, they take care of you, they they give take care of you, you have to have medication, they help pay for that. That's what this organization does. This organization helps our seniors at Moose Haven. Well, we also have a school up near Chicago called Moose Heart, and we help our kids at Moose Heart as well. Well, since we were a joint association, they were going to make me the Moose Heart Moose Haven committee chairperson. Well, one of my friends from my chapter, she was a little upset because she was not asked to help with this because she was the Moose Heart admissions representative for the women. So I went to the state secretary and I said, okay, listen, I don't want there to be any hard feelings. I mean, if it means that much to her, Let her be the chairman. I will be her co-chairman. You know, we'll work together since I'm the Moose Haven person anyways. It's just a win-win situation. That way she's happy. No feelings are hurt. You know, 
But then they came to ask me if I would be the chairman of the heart of the community, community. Because being the people person that I am, I don't know a stranger. I'm not afraid to talk to people. I mean, I worked in retail for 14 years. I worked for Walmart for 14 plus years. So I'm not afraid to talk to people. My goodness, and of course you're not. This, <laughs> this heart of the community, what we do is we get organizations like Ronald McDonald House, things like that, you know, animal shelters. And we get donations, whether it be monetary, gift card donations, or, or whatever, to help these organizations. Well, the state secretary came and asked me, they said, you say you want to help the association. And I said, yes, I do. They said, well, this is the best way I feel like you can do this, and I think you would be very good in this position. Would you consider being the chairman. So I am the chairman of the Heart of the Community Committee. And then my friend Stacy is my co-chairman. She, so she's going to help me with that. She's the chairman for Moose Heart, Moose Haven, and I'm her co-chairman to help with that. So in other words, we're going to be working together, giving our reports at our conventions that we have twice a year. And I'm already I, – I came home from the convention in August, and I've already been brainstorming. I've already contacted an organization. They do uh, backpacks for kids, and they do snack packs for kids. And they hand out every Friday in northwest Arkansas. They, ha- they take a Walmart bag, and they take eight healthy food items, and they put it in a Walmart bag. And they distribute 6,000 snack packs every week to the schools here in northwest Arkansas. Wow. For these kids that that maybe, for maybe that doesn't, you know, that won't have a hot meal over the weekend or whatever. You know, like it's like, you know, little cups of the macaroni and cheese that you can heat up in a microwave, you know, cook in a microwave, you know, things like that. I mean, you know, it's it's not, but... 6,000 snack packs they hand out every week. So I've already been in contact with that organization. I'm working on getting information that I can uh, pass out to all the lodges and the chapters. So when we get ready to have our convention in February, I'm going to have a display set up, like, you know, those boards that the kids use for science projects. They're, they fold out. They're the hard poster board type thing you know they pulled out yeah i'm going to take one of those and i'm going to have information about the community center the samaritan fellowship community center on that i'm going to have handouts on the table where people can pick up handouts and we're just going to ask for monetary donations gift cards from walmart things like that because of the COVID-19, we don't know how long this is going to last. And that way, we're not having to worry about having to – I'm not having to worry about taking a big truck down there to Little Rock to load up a bunch of stuff like school supplies or whatever. We're just going to give them monetary donations, gift cards from Walmart, and they can get what they need, whether it's stuff for the food pantry, for the snack pack program, whether it's school supplies for the – kids you know throughout the year that are going to school you know things like that but I 
when I was selected to be, and, and my year ended in August, I am now a past deputy grand regent because um, my year ended in August. I actually um, am still going to be helping the current deputy grand regent with whatever she's going to need help with, you know, for her year as deputy grand regent. I will be working with her and helping her along and giving her guidance if she needs it, which I'm sure she won't. She's pretty knowledgeable. She she was a school teacher for many years, so I'm sure she's going to do an absolute wonderful job. But, you know, the leadership of having to be presiding over the meetings, things like that, that's very um, – it, it, it's an honor to be asked to be selected to be in a position like that. You know, even though it's not a very big title, it's it's uh, it's an honor to, and I was truly blessed and honored to have served as deputy grand regent for the state of Arkansas this past. And, year. and you know, Granny, Granny, I'm going to stop you right there. This is Doctor John, and I want to say it's important when you when you work a position like that and you do great things for people that's what leadership is about it's not about necessarily gathering the force of thousands and having them march behind you what it's about is doing things for people that really matter like helping Mm -hmm. with getting kids food for the weekend that is like the most wonderful thing I've ever heard. So on behalf of uh, Pop Culture Stars, thank you so much for everything that you have done and everything that you will continue to do. That's Huzzah. that's leadership. Todd, do you agree? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. I mean, that's, you know, those were some more principles demonstrated there. Seek responsibility and take responsibility for your actions. She took it and she owned it. That was awesome. We 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 well, love you, girl. You know that, Granny. Well, I I, I love you all too. But I got to share something funny. When when we had our two day training session out there in Las Vegas, our Grand Chancellor, she's the first day. She says, now she says, I want each of you to stand up, introduce yourself, and where you're from, and give us one interesting non-moose fact about yourself. <laughs> well, of course you know what I did. <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. You told up, them about Granny Hulkster, I, I, I hope. Yes, 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 I did. I, I, I stood up. I stood up, and I said, well, you know, I said, I'm, I'm Lori Burt. I'm from Arkansas, and I'm uh, my chapter is Springdale Chapter 1735. And my interesting fact about myself is my husband and my son and I, we like to watch independent wrestling shows like WWE wrestling, but without all the drama. And I said, I have a gimmick name. They call me Granny Hulkster. And I actually had my original Granny shirt in my bag because I had one of my wrestling buddies tell me that I needed to take my shirt to Vegas and have somebody take a picture of me wearing my Granny shirt so he could say, Las Vegas will never be the same, you know, Granny Holster in Las Vegas, it will never be the same. <laughs> well, one of right. my official visitors that I had a couple of years ago at our convention when we were host of chapter, she's from Colorado, and 
she was telling one of the ladies out there, she says, Jan, we have a WWE superstar amongst us. And I'm like, no, I'm not a WWE superstar, <laughs> you know. But um, but it was funny, and I shared about, because I help with an organization called Wrestling for a Cause, which um, we do wrestling shows for kids that battle childhood cancer. And I help with that organization, and I've helped with that organization pretty much from the very get-go. And um, so um, I I try to tie in my leadership skills with that also. But, uh, yeah, but everybody thought that that was amazing, that I took the time out of my schedule to do something like that, you know. And I had one of the ladies ask me, they said, what do you do? And I said, well, I go to these wrestling shows. And I said, I holler at the bad guys and they get in my face and I holler back and I tell them what for, you know, and she thought that was so funny. <laughs> anyway, so that, that, that's my leadership stories, guys. I mean, so. All right. And Granny Hulkster, you have Solid. made me smile again uh, for, <laughs> for the great things that you do. You've made me smile. And that's why absolutely why we love to have you on all the podcasts that I produce because you're a wonderful person. You do great things for people. And we just we just got to have you around. Is that okay? Well, thank you. I, I very much appreciate that. That's very – I appreciate the very kind words. Thank you so much, Dr. John, and everybody oh, else too. So. Oh, you're welcome. And, I, and, I get, and, and, our, and our final – panelist for the evening uh now now wait a second and i hope i've got this right now malcolm did we ask you to talk yet about this no you didn't okay so then we're going to go malcolm and then we're going to go with tim so malcolm tell us about leadership and wrestling and pop culture stars and everything else because you are a a master Okay. All right, Malcolm. So you get eight minutes. <laughs> okay. Um, I went to Fort McClellan. I'd never been away from my home except for church camp, June of 82. <clears throat> and we got there at like 2, 3 in the morning. It was so hot. It was like a microwave oven. We were in Anniston, Alabama at the airport. We got on a bus, and we got. they took us to the mess hall, and we got they served us like cheeseburgers, stuff like that, two, three, four in the morning. You're not in the mood for that stuff, but you ate it anyway. Anyway, we went to the recep- reception center. We um, slept in the barracks where the corporal was that was going to be our regular barracks through basic training. And then they sent us to the reception center to get our shots and everything. And um, then we were sent back, and I got introduced to the most inspirational guy I've ever met in my life. This guy was six foot eight, two hundred and ninety pounds. He served in Vietnam. He had a high and tight. He was born in Atlanta, Georgia. His name was Drill Sergeant Royston. And Drill Sergeant Royston, I was on the bus and this man he got mad at me two times. First time I was the last one to get off the bus and he goes he goes, What do you think this is? Your private bus, get off my bus right now. And I, I, I missed one of the steps, fell on the sidewalk, and this was funny. He says, oh, my God, I've done drafted Gomer Pyle. <laughs> and then uh, 
we were getting our linen and our blankets, and uh, I made a mistake. We were supposed to walk along the side uh, in the barracks by the bunks, and I walked right in the middle of the floor where the yellow outline was in the middle of the room. <clears throat> and Drill Sergeant Royston goes, Private Wild Man, you you walk across my yellow line one more time, I'm going to rip your head off and piss down your throat. I just... I was, he said Gomer Pyle, and I was thinking about Sergeant Carter, and I just started laughing. And he, um, we went out on bivouac for the first time out in the field, and I was digging a trench, me and my bunk buddy, Wolverton, Terry Wolverton, and we were, we were digging a trench together. And um, I put my rifle by the tree, and drill, Senior Drill Sergeant Bagwell, he stole my rifle and – I came back, told Drill Sergeant Royston, my rifle was gone. He said, I have it. He goes, I want you to knock out 50 push. <laughs> so this guy, he, he not only did that, but he took me out on a two-mile run the first time. It was like three days after we got to our barracks area, went for a two-mile run. We're in our short gray pants and our, our gray T-shirts with U.S. Army in black, or just Army on the front in black, the letters A-R-M-Y. And we're out for a run, and we're, we're told to call cadence while we're running in formation. I had a real high-pitched voice when I first joined. I mean, I sound like Mickey Mouse or Michael Jackson. So we're out there, and we're running. And all he goes, you know, drill sergeant was up in the morning, like that. And I'm going, up in the morning. I mean, he, he says, platoon halt. So he took me out every night after mess hall chow, dinner mess hall chow. And he, he worked on my, my cadence voice with me, and he showed me where my diaphragm was. And, he, and the thing about it that bothers me is I couldn't zero my weapon and graduate with his platoon. I had to be recycled and graduate with another platoon. But when I graduated, Girl Sergeant Royston was so proud of me that, you know, he did something real special for me. And um, he told me, Malcolm... Someday I want to see you not Private Wildman. I want to see you General Wildman. So, like, this carried all through my Army career, uh, whether I was in Korea, Fort Bliss, whether I was at the National Guard Unit in Napa. It's, Drill Sergeant Royston's inspiration has always been with me. It helped me zero my weapon with the 2nd Platoon after I got, you know, in next after I was recycled. And I helped our... I helped our platoon win the Golden Rifles Award. I was the last one to qualify, and we uh, we all got special privileges, you know. But his leadership and listening to him, and sometimes it's not just going out and trying to be a leader. It's learning from somebody that was a leader, and Drill Sergeant Royston was a leader. I met many leaders in my Army career uh, that inspired me. Um, and I even was put in drill sergeant school, and I learned real real quick, like the mirror image of being a private and being an NCO. As a matter of fact, right after I, um, right after we finished um, camp at Fort Ord near Salinas, California, in central part of California, for two weeks, uh, it was about. Oh, two months after that, I was living with my mom, and she'd 
been going through a divorce with my dad, so she moved in with me in Napa, and I was keeping an eye on her. And she panicked and thought my dad was stalking her. And so she asked me to relocate up to Sacramento from Napa, uh, our apartment there, uh, up in um, near my sister and my brother-in-law, Ron Betts. He was, he was a recruiter. As a matter of fact, he was my brother-in-law, and he was my recruiter. He was married to my sister, which was a big joke in, the, in basic training. It's two things you don't talk about, Dr. John, is your sister <clears throat> and your recruiter. And I, I, uh, I broke everybody up on the phone calls, you know, so gotcha. and anyway, um, uh, drill sergeant or drill sergeant Barry was our senior drill sergeant. And I really, we were in Vallejo, California. It was actually the building, the brick building where I, w- I took Cub Scout meetings when I was a kid. And I told drill sergeant Barry, it felt so weird being a, you know, I was a specialist at the time. And then it was August of 86, and uh, my mom had had me up in Sacramento trying to get a new job. I was selling vinyl siding uh, door-to-door, trying to get us an apartment and everything. And I missed drill that weekend because of this, and I got promoted to Sergeant E5. So when I came in for a drill in September of 86, the next month, the guy said, here comes the invisible man. I got promoted by the general and the colonel, and I wasn't even there, you know. But I I worked at it, and, you know, Dr. John, I don't really consider myself a leader. I consider myself more a team player. When there's something i got to do, I want to pitch in and do the job. I guess being such a good team player is what made me a leader. I learned from other people. And I watched what they did, and I listened to what they told me to do. And it was like August of 88, we went to two. I, I, was, I was out in the field almost a whole month in August of 88 because my National Guard unit, Captain Daly, uh, recommended me for primary leadership development course. When you're an E5 and they wanted to make me communication sergeant of our National Guard unit, the 579th engineers in Napa, California. And um, so I went out in the field. We uh, switched our unit in Napa, switched um, places with a unit in South Dakota. And we went back to South Dakota for two weeks. Then my, my brother picked me up. He had to take me to the Sacramento airport. And that same night, I had to go straight from there to Camp Williams, Utah, and I took primary leadership development course uh, for two weeks to become a staff sergeant in E6 because to have a position in my National Guard unit, you have to be uh, an E5 promotable to an E6. So I had to do this. And I just, you know, I, I graduated and I never got my E6 because there was so much red tape going on back then. But I was running our commo shop for four years, and I I even had one of the smartest privates that knew more about communications than I did. And when something that he did special, I went out of my way, and you can ask Captain Daly and Captain Dennis, Deminitz, both my company commanders, that this guy, he busted his butt, and I said, I'm not taking the credit for this. When someone could do a better job than you can, if you try to take the credit for them, and I had other NCOs in the communications uh, position 
Uh, one guy was Sergeant Gonzalez. One guy was Sergeant Snyder. They were engineers, and they just wanted the accolades. Well, I just wanted to run the commo shop out of respect. And if somebody like Rick Martin, Private Rick Martin, could do a better job than me, I wanted Captain Deminitz and the first sergeant to know this guy, he gets the credit because he's, you know, he did this, not me. You know, I'm in charge. But, you know, you got to show, you got to show support for your men when they do something special. That makes a good leader, too. When, you know, you, you exactly. don't try to, you know, there are a lot of people in this world and they'll take credit for something somebody else did. And you, if you can look yourself in the mirror when you do that, you know, you're completely wrong. You know, that's, to me, that's what makes a good leader. You know, leading by example and and knowing, you know, and being intelligent enough to know when someone else is doing something out of their, you know, extra special for you to get the job done to make sure that they get recognized too because that helps them become a leader, you know, and it's like a domino effect. If you... You know, Drill Sergeant Royston instilled it in me, and then Drill Sergeant Tours and Drill Sergeant Smythe, they helped me graduate from Fort McClellan. Uh, I went to signal school. I graduated from there. And it's just like a domino effect. And I had so many great leaders, so many great NCOs that inspired me. That's what made me a sergeant, you know, for as long as I was. And it carried over the rest of my Army career. Uh, and, uh, you know, except for a bad experience in Macedonia that ended my Army career sooner than I wanted it to, um, I'm very proud of everybody I served with and everybody I served under. That's how, what makes me a leader. That's, That's great, awesome. and, and, we, and we appreciate that awesome. very much. And, and, and now we want to ask Tim, who Station is our, our final – Pardon me? Station break. <laughs> oh, I thought we already had a station break. Thank you, Brady Hicks. And, of course, VOC Nation for enjoy letting us be here and enjoy all the good times and everything that we have here at Pop Culture Stars. And now, Tim, Tim Armstrong, tell us about leadership because you, you have done a ton of this. You ready? Yeah. So, any of us that uh, get going, buddy. Me and Todd were uh, we were talking before the show and going back and forth, and and he had said, you know, I could talk for a while on this, and I think we both agreed that, I mean, as many leadership courses as there are out there that I've taken, and one or two of my uh, college degree courses, but you know, I I could go on about being a father, I could talk about being a Cub Scout, but I try to go off the rail and think a little bit different. I do want it to, I'll give a, an experience, but I do want to mention real quick because it's something that really shined a light on me, even after all the courses that I've taken and, you know, any kind of leadership training or experience that you have, you still learn things. You, you all, you constantly learn what it means to be a true leader. Yeah. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to speak anything specifically because I don't want to, uh, call anything out but we'll just put it like this where i work i i have noticed um a tremendous leader 
or leaders because of their capability to they might have somebody under them, you know, and, and we kind of follow, uh, and Todd, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it does kind of follow a Marine Corps structure because it is, you know, we do work for the Marine Corps. So you've got your supervisors and, um, you know, sometimes people think, oh, well, if you've got someone under them who's not doing what they're supposed to or they're, they're being insubordinate or, you know, the whatnot, then it's up to the supervisor to put them in shape, you know, and, and you know, tell them shape up or ship out, kick them to the curb or whatnot. But um, I've noticed just in the last few months, um, I have seen, and again, I'm keeping it, you know, to where I'm not calling anything out directly, but I have seen an example of a leader saying, no, it's my job to get them on path. It's not about uh, kicking them to the curb or, you know, calling them out for the mistakes they're making or the things they can't do. It's my job. And I heard quote, it's my job, end quote, to help them and find them excel at what they can do. And yeah. I think that is a tremendous leadership trait. And I'm not even sure if I could do that that well. I would be one to just say, eh, get him out of here. <laughs> and, but I, I totally respect that. And that is something that I've learned in just the last few months. And uh, that's something I wanted to plug in there. Now, then just for me personally, um, again, like I said, I could go back to being a family man or Cub Scout, but those are, you know, Cub Scout, those are things that you're learning from. You're basically, you're taking a guide to give you a book and they say, they'll show, you know, you want to sign your, your troops off on this badge. And it's a great gig and it's, and it's good and it's important, but you know, you're still, you're teaching from a book. You can have your own style, but, um, like I said, I wanted to go off the rail a little bit. And for me personally, here's another little trait for you. I think you have to be confident. You definitely have to have confidence if you're going to be a leader. And it's, it's almost it ties into lead by example. Um, but also, if, and, and this is where I stay off the rail a bit, because for me personally, I think what I have done in the, we'll say, last two years is I had to lead myself. And I say that because I stepped up. I jumped into a spot at work where there wasn't really any guidance at all. And, I mean, I'm saying there was no guidance. I was told, and it was kind of an emergency situation, but I wanted to do it. I volunteered for it. And I was literally told, look, we don't know all what XXX did, but we need someone to do it. And if you're willing to do it, you know, it's yours. There might be some hiccups, but... You know, we need somebody to figure it out and to get us going. And I said, I'm it. I'll do it. And so I had to figure that job out for myself. I reached out to several people, and Todd knows that. Um, and, I, of course, that, that kind of that happened before Todd came along, but still Todd knows a lot, and I still do. And I think it's all about, and another part of leadership is knowing your resources, um, you know, but I had to basically program, if you will, um, and and figure out what processes need to be put in place, what documents need to be out there, um, a program, you know, to line up with. And I say confidence is one of the traits because I'm not so sure I had that in the very beginning. I acted like it, and I put that face on, and that's also important. But I don't know if I was completely confident. I'd come home, and I'd say, oh, man. <laughs> 
I said I was going to do it. Now I really got to do it. Um, but, you know, two, two and a half years later, I think I'm in a pretty good spot. And I now have people coming up and asking me and new leadership saying, well, what do we do about this? How do we take care of this? And that's where I can be confident and I can say, well, I've written this process. I've written this process. This is what this means. This is what this means. So I've gone from the person who, yes, I jumped in. I didn't necessarily have anybody underneath me, but I was able to form something, and I was my own leader. And other people in the organization could look at me as being somewhat of a leader. And since we've had turnover in our director, deputy director, they look at me and they say, well, he's got experience in this. Well, I did that, and I learned it on my own. And to me, that's being a leader. And I hope that others within the organization, because we have several different teams, if you will, um, we have different stakeholder groups. And I think that what I've done, not to say that I stand out totally far. I mean, we all learn, and there's so much more responsibility than what I have to take care of. But I think that, you know, doing that, and when we all do that and share from each other, and we can look at each other and say, wow, they've done that. I can learn this from them. And somebody else does it. It's a group effort. You know, we can be our own leaders, and it's a group effort, and we all learn from one another. And, you know, I, I don't like to gloat a lot, but I'm pretty darn proud of what I was able to accomplish there in the last two and a half years. So that's my story. All right. I'm going to jump in on this because uh, I know <laughs> a little bit about that one. The um, So Tim was pretty fresh in there. Uh, in his billet when I got there, and um, he was one of the first guys that effectively adopted me as far as that stuff goes. And I watch him go from guy learning and trying to explain some stuff to me, especially the details of the system on a higher level where I was a user many, many moons ago. Um, and he's become one of the forces amongst our people with his billet Um and definitely in a positive force, just to be clear. The, um, uh, the, the there, there was, um, Jim works with a variety of people. Um, and there are a lot of friggin' type A's amongst that group. Let me tell you, there are a lot of friggin' type A's. Um, and dealing with that kind of energy level, is a little something, something. And a lot of those folks are bloody good at what they do. And um, he's, he's had a couple different projects that I feel are really unique. Um, and believe me, I pulled one. What <laughs> is a triad project that we'll call it? And it's not limited to a triad. We have three different organizations involved in it. And even within our part of the organization, there were different groups of stakeholders involved. And um, while they all did individual to heavy lifting, Tim had to coordinate and keep all that stuff together. Um, that that was one of the unique projects. And that is uh, just seeing what... <clears throat> those various teams, those personalities pulled off together is stinking amazing. Um, the other project he worked, um, 
he was he he was I'm going to give him the and and Tim I'm going to I'm going to say um, our girl Sandy was the lead on it. Would you agree? For the uh, uh, RA. Yes. Yeah, I would concur. And, 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 and Tim was our um, secondary as far as coordinating and all that because a lot of people we we had some really new people involved. Um, they're just trying to figure it out, trying to do certain things. And uh, Tim would go in there and do extra duty on that stuff and work with those things. And it was really neat to watch those things. So while we had um, our uh, big props to Sandy because um, Marine Corps wide is a no, by the way, uh, this project, Tim was a very major factor in. We were the first Marine Corps wide to pull this off. Yeah. Yeah. Big the props. Very first. That was a huge project. So I've got to see um, some of the stuff he's done. So he's not uh, making things up. He's grown into the job amazingly. So uh, uh, I still lean on him heavily, but it's kind of funny because he'll call me with some with some really weird stuff, and I'll be like, "Really? All right, let's find it." And we just we just do what we do, and that's uh, and, that- and that's kind of the cool thing because. Uh, He's such a leader that makes it easy because he'll come to me and tell me, hey, I need help. He knows his own uh, to to do a variation to Clint Eastwood. A man's got to know his limitations. (laughs) 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 And he will. He'll sit there and work through it. And we'll work through it. And it's awesome. And it's just, and you know the thing is, um, as long as it's not SharePoint, I don't really have to tell them much stuff twice. <laughs> yeah, and not not to get into a song of kumbaya here, but like I shouted out to Todd last week, he really is he really is the uh, he's a huge player. Uh, you know, Todd could bring several stories of leadership in that organization. He came in, and I had done programming. I was at the organization years earlier, but as far as this billet, I was fresh. And then Todd came in afterwards, and and it's uh, I I think we've kind of both been a big help to Todd's a good person to lean on, and I try to be a person he can lean on as well. So he yeah, but uh, it, it, another thing about leadership is is you know when to be a leader, and you know when to let someone else be a leader and let them guide you. And I think that that's there's a lot of people where we work, and man, I'm I'm not kidding. I'm I'm blessed and honored to work where we do. It's it's amazing. Oh yeah, we got some we got some genius folks. So I'll jump into my leadership example real quick. And uh, Dr. John asked specifically for a group. Um, so I walked into this IT project management billet. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? The um, I'm just saying, like, really? And um, dude, way over my head on that one. And um, all I could do was try to learn, um, apply what I knew, and uh, make sure I knew everybody was staying on track. And so somewhere down the line, something happened. Um, And this was when our weekly – and this is a really – this is a fairly large meeting. Um, 
it was uh my reporting senior was the one that uh or my reviewing officer actually now was the one that ran the meetings um and he had some secondary help and uh somewhere down the line they became my meetings with this group of dynamic personalities. And then there were these calls that we would join in, Marinko-wide, and um, I just automatically muted the phone. You know, I was I, I was like the kids at family get-togethers. I should be seen and not heard. And uh, <laughs> so... Somewhere down the line, that stuff changed too. So now um, we have these wide-ranging meetings up there, and there's it's at the levels of leadership. Um, and actually, we've got to go beyond the uh, Marine Corps because a lot of it's DON um, involved. Um, when they refer organizationally to us, they just ask for me by name. And I'm not even necessarily... I can connect the dots, but I still ain't sure how the heck it happened. Um, so to be able to be in this position where this stuff has happened and work with these folks, and they just, you, you know, I, I couldn't begin to tell you some of the folks that just called me and asked me the stuff. So um, I just try to apply everything I know and continue to learn. I'm just saying, and, and Tim will tell you that uh, things have changed in the last two years. Oh yeah. Two and a half years. Yeah. Well, they so certainly have, Todd. And, um, and and yes, uh, Tim, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to add. I mean, I I think both of us are. It, it's a humbling experience, and Todd is amazing at what he does. Like he said, he's he's was thrown in and all of a sudden he's leading meetings there and uh, he does a great job at it and it's just it's kind of cool because we both we learn from each other we learn from others and we know you know we call on each other all the time I talk to Todd on a daily basis about hey do you know about this no hey do you know about this and uh no but again I'll, I'll leave it at that but it's it's a fun place to work at and there's a lot of leadership examples to be set there Absolutely, there there is, and I, I want to thank you guys for sharing these things with us. And we we've all we're going to all have exactly one minute, and Dr. John's going to stop you after one minute, and then I'll say my goodbyes, and then we'll be back again next week. So, Dave Atwell, one minute. What is your takeaway, and what is your goodbye for tonight? I am good to go. I'll pass it on. Y'all have a wonderful evening. Holy You're the absolute crap. best. Granny Hulkster, what do you have to say? What is your goodbye for tonight? Well, it was just a true blessing to be on here talking about leadership with you all tonight. And everybody have a great rest of the week and a great evening. Well, we appreciate well, you, Granny. Granny. We, we, we really do. And I'm going to pick on Todd next. Todd, what have you got to say? I'm going to follow up. With happy twenty eighth, Garyan. Definitely. Happy twenty eighth. Happy birthday. birthday for one of the finest young men in the United States Marine Corps for sure. And we are all blessed to have him as 
part of the leadership that's going to keep us safe. And that's all I got to say on Darian, and I'll tell him that the next time I see him. So that's wonderful. So next we have Malcolm. Malcolm Wildman, what do you have to say to finish this wonderful, wonderful podcast? I got a minute, right? So I'm going to break it down. You got. Thank you, Tony Capone. I may give you a minute and a half. Go on. (laughs) Thank you, Tony Capone in New York, for putting me on with Paul Roma, the Young Stallions, yesterday, and Mario Mancini after I uh, talked to Brady on In the Room. And uh, thank you, Tony. For he's going to pay for my airfare and my hotel when to get me down to this event, the December 16th, 17th, from where either Las Vegas or Idaho, uh, in Florida. This big four-hour pay-per-view, and uh, he said he's a big fan of mine. And Tony, I'm a big fan of yours. I lost Gail Sayers. Um, he was an inspiration to me as a, a kid, as a football player, and and a leader. There's a leader for you. And then another leader was Road or Road Warrior Animal. Road Warrior Animal, this is for you. Well, mean gene, uh, the natural disasters, they like throwing their weight around. That's all right. We like throwing your weight around, you, me, an animal. Oh, and I rush. I rush for a, a thumb trip for you. I'm done. Love it. <laughs> oh, Malcolm. Malcolm, thank you so much. You bring goodness and light to our podcast. So you know, I think I'm going to be the rich little of the WWE. There, there we go. And that, and the bad news is a lot of people won't get that reference. <laughs> well, thank you, Todd. Well, I'll I'll tell you, you Todd. Malcolm, <laughs> so are you going to be back to work next week? If you're going to do Rich Little, you've got to do Paul Lynn, I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, yeah, he loved He said Paul Lynn hated him one time when he did his impression of him in front of him. That's <laughs> funny. We love Paul Lynn. So, anyway, Malcolm, are you going to be back with us next week? Oh, Ooh, yeah. That must mean yes. That 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 is that is the way that Malcolm would say yes. And so Tim, Tim, what have you got to say as your goodbye and good evening? I want to give up my minute and forgive me. I don't have all the details. I can't remember it, but I laughed so hard. And it was I think two weeks ago. Malcolm was on two or three weeks ago. Malcolm was on, and he shared the story. Uh, I, we probably don't, I don't know if we have time for the story. A lot of people have given up their minute here, but uh, it was, um, and, and me and Todd were kind of chatting about it, but it was, he was up on the, uh, like I said, forgive me, my terminology, oh, all that. Officer. Bad. Yeah. You, you were yelling down, to the lieutenant, yelling down to the lieutenant, <laughs> and I about peed my pants laughing so hard. I was on mute, but I was laughing so hard. I like you, I, I if we, if we don't have time for the story, I at least want to hear the reenactment of you yelling down. But that was hysterical. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I was climbing a tower, Tim, and it was 18 feet off the ground. And we were in our combat boots, our battle fatigue pants, camouflage pants, and our brown T-shirt. And our dog tags were around our neck. And Lieutenant Bud said, take your dog tags off. And he'd been giving me a lot of heat because I coughed out on the rifle range and was on a heat stroke before I could retrain in October. And I was up on the top of the tower, 
and I look down at him and I go, Well, Milk Kamini is about to drop the double X handle from 18 feet off the ground. There, no kidding. My knowledge instructors were laughing. He ran for cover. He actually, I stepped up, thought I was going to jump. <laughs> That's kind of payback for him riding me. He said I wasn't tough enough because I passed out on the ri- uh, rifle range. I wasn't tough enough to be an infantry soldier, so I paid him back. <laughs> thank you, sir. Love that. that. That's all I wanted. <laughs> well, 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 thank you very much, Malcolm, and thank you to everybody. Now, have I have I left anyone out? Granny Hulkster, did I leave you out? I don't think I did. No, but if you I got did, to me. You got you, to me. You got to me. You got to me. Oh, Granny. Okay, good. You I made me wondering. laugh because I was thinking about the honeymooners and the raccoon lodge and the grand high exalted mystic ruler and being buried in Bismarck, North Dakota. I was thinking about that stuff when you were talking about it. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to interrupt, but it just kind of made me think about the honeymooners and the raccoon watch. So you made me I laugh. I thinking of the Royal Order of the Buffalo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so, and so I guess, I guess what I'll say from Dr. John, I got some very sad news. The, uh, Fourth president of the Delta Chi chapter of Coastal Carolina University passed away. I will be at his funeral this coming uh, Saturday. His name is Clark Cato. He was a fine young man. And uh, we'll know more about the death later. But, Clark, uh, you're in a better place, apparently. And thank you for everything that you did. And thank you to everyone that was on this show tonight. I love you. You guys are the best. And guess what? We'll be back next week. And uh, will we be on time? Same back. We will be on time because Doctor John <laughs> will not screw it up this time. And and, and thanks. And so anyway, we'll see you next week. Uh, next same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> no, no, not same bat time. It will be at uh, exactly nine p.m. That'll be the same bat. T- that'll be the bat time, and the bat channel will be right here. Pop culture stars. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate all of you being here, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Love all of you. Hey, Good night, everybody. If you need it. This is the sister, the Doctor of Style, and you're listening to VOC Nation. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kazzy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you know Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, pregnant. I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Resnick. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have cried? Adnan lost a lot of family in the 
Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling with History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calchico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. On Wrestling With Problems, we deal with two things, wrestling and problems. On the wrestling side, we cover the major feds as well as the indies. As far as problems go, we cover our problems, American problems, and world problems. Sometimes the problems are even related to wrestling. Every week, comedian King David Lane and wrestler, promoter Chris Best discuss the best and especially the worst in the world of wrestling with a heaping dose of comedy. Check us out live on VLCNation.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stags of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. You get ready to get nasty? Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.